You're listening to The Voice of Dog, and today's story is Hi, I'm Jack, and I'm Not From This World, by Dirt Coyote, who, when he's not causing trouble on Twitter, is writing short furry fiction. Follow Dirt Coyote on Twitter for future updates. Please enjoy. Hi, I'm Jack, and I'm Not From This World, by Dirt Coyote, read for you by the author himself. I slap my paw on the table and shout, And then Bethany says, what sandwich? The entire group erupts in laughter as I finish my story. Kenneth, the elk in front of me, throws his head back so hard that his antlers bump against the wall behind him. My boyfriend wraps an arm around me tightly, and it feels good to have the husky by my side again. It feels like it's been years since I've been able to make people laugh this hard. The table winds down, and a vixen nudges the elk's shoulder. Hun, you're gonna get us kicked out again. Yeah, yeah, he waves his hooves, trying to settle himself down. I just forgot how funny Jack can be at times. I know what he means, though only slightly. The waitress comes around, a pug with a tablet out for us. What drinks would you all be having? She asks with a perky ring in her voice. I look up at her with a wide grin. I'll take a Coke, I say, and then immediately realize my mistake. So does the rest of the table. Everyone stops laughing, their eyes all on me. This happens every single time. I get ahead of myself and say something too fast, and now everyone's confused. It's like I just unbuckled my pants and shat right there in the middle of the table. A what? she asks, turning her eyes to the rest of the group in confusion. My boyfriend, Trey, touches a paw to my leg and mutters, Jack? I grab my menu, flipping open to the beverages and point at the one on top. Uh, sorry, I meant a Pepsi. I'd like a Diet Pepsi, I clarify. It's not actually the soda I want, but it's the only one that I recognize. The waitress eyes me a second longer before moving to the bear on my left, Dannon, I've learned. He's my best friend, I think, but it used to be Kenneth. I think I'll have a cane, he says, trying to act like nothing is off. I think that's the equivalent of a Coca-Cola, but I'm not really feeling adventurous enough to find out. Everyone else orders their drinks, and just as the pug leaves, the vixen, Trish, I think, asks with her eyebrows raised, Did you try to order cocaine from the waitress? I wave my paws out in front of my chest. No, no, sorry, I just got mixed up. Don't worry about it, I say, knowing she's not worth the explanation. She's just the flavor of the month with how fast Kenneth goes through girls. It's his condition, my boyfriend says, and I fold my ears back. I really wish he didn't, but Trey always likes to explain it so everyone's on the same page. He was lost in the woods for half a year, and so sometimes he gets the names of things mixed up. She nods her head up and down with some sympathy, and I feel a little guilty because that's not the truth. It's just the explanation that makes sense to all of them. I kind of hate having to live with the lie, but I put on my smile and wave a paw. Yeah, what he said. It's not a big deal. I try and blow past it as quickly as possible, and the conversation starts up as normal again. It always feels like a close call, this whole lie I've constructed. See, I didn't get lost in any woods. No, about a month ago, I walked straight into them and knew exactly where I was going because a witch gave me a map. All right, none of this is making any sense to you, so let me catch you up. 
Hi, I'm Jack, and I'm not from this world. I'm from your world, where I graduated from UC Berkeley with a degree in computer science, and my favorite team is the Green Bay Packers. Not here, though. See, I wanted to come to this world for reasons that I'd rather keep to myself, and in this world, I'm not the meerkat that hates Disneyland and loves Buffalo Wild Wings. I walk through a cave and suddenly, I'm Jack that graduated from UC Golden, my football team is the high kicks, and everyone drives on the left side of the road. That blows, but worth it. Trish leans in, not wanting to drop the conversation. You poor thing. What was it like being out there all by yourself? Oh, right. And this world's Jack took a camping trip seven months ago and is probably dead. Harrowing, I say flatly, and that's enough to change the subject. We still on for Saturday? Kenneth asks quickly, wrapping his paw over Trisha's shoulder to try and reel her back in. Hell yeah, Doug Riot's Wildstar, I confirm, and though I'm not actually a big fan of movies, spending time with Kenneth sounds good again. Back in my world, we fell out when I was being a depressed piece of shit. The bear, Dannon, leans in and taps his big claw on the table. Uh, actually, I thought we were watching the high kicks game on Sunday. I cock my head to the side and then slap myself on the forehead. Ah, shit. I did promise that, didn't I? In the month that I've been in this world, I've come to learn that Dannon is the guy I hung out with all the time. He's my old college roommate, I think, and kind of clingy as all fuck. I don't know what this dimension's version of me sees in him, but he's been trying to hang out alone, and I guess I owe former me that. Heck, this world's Jack could still be out there in those woods, and I don't want to ruin what he had going. Let's shoot for Saturday, I promise Kenneth, and he nods. It must be a little weird with me wanting to spend so much time with him. We just seem to be Facebook, I mean face share, friends in this world. Trey, my wonderful boyfriend, leans in for a peck on my cheek. My Trey did that all the time too, usually before he wanted to tell me something. I peck him back, the way I do. He's the one thing that's a mere replica. The treasure the witch promised when she helped take me to this universe. Don't forget, we're having dinner with my parents on Saturday. He reminds me. Ugh, they're the same too, but that's not a big deal. We'll figure out something, I promise Kenneth, but he looks a little bit disheartened. How the fuck am I supposed to keep track of every new thing and my schedule? It's kind of a chore. Saturday rolls around without too much excitement. I only mix up a few things throughout the week, but it's nothing crazy. My coworkers had to wheel me to the crack desk only once, and I call my phone an Android, which makes no sense to anyone. Still driving on the wrong side of the road? Trey's mom asks in that mocking half-joke, half-put-down that she's so good at. I pour my wine glass to the brim. All the way here, I joke, trying not to let her ruin the mood. Trey's parents are dressed nice, something they like to do when they have company over. He made me put on a dress shirt too, even though I'd rather come in a t-shirt and flip-flops. Even between dimensions, some things never change. It's just part of his condition, Trey says, always to my defense. 
I put on my smile and nod up and down. Trey's father coughs and shuffles in a seat. The husky is large and always intimidated me a little bit, but he says in his deep voice, It's good to have you back, regardless. I kind of feel like it's a lie. They probably tried ushering Trey towards some bitch the day I didn't come home. They always wanted grandkids, but me and Trey aren't interested. At least, I hope we still don't want any cubs. I'm glad to be back. Missed eating real food, I say, patting the little bulge that has grown over my tummy. His mom snickers at that, pointing over to me. I bet you were fur and bones when they found you. It's true. I stopped eating altogether back in my world, and when I think about it, it wasn't fair to let everyone watch me waste away. Turning to Trey's father, I quickly changed the subject. How's the firm holding up? Still protecting millionaires from tax evasion? I joke, something I could do with him from time to time. It falls flat. His muzzle scrunches up, brow raising. Firm? Trey's mom leans back into her seat with the wine glass to her muzzle. Here we go again, she says before taking a loud sip. Trey darts a glare to his mom and says, his condition. If I have to hear about my condition one more time, I'm going to lose it. So I interrupt. Sorry, what is it you do again? Stay prosecutor. I make sure the millionaires don't evade their share, he says bluntly. And I could see why my blunder rubbed him wrong. And I'm an astronaut, don't you know? Trey's mom jokes at my expense. My husky straightens himself out on the seat, saying in a strained tone, Mother, that's not funny. You're a professor of biology at Calatoz Estate. Biochem at the Stanford University. But I'm glad he said it, so I couldn't mess that up as well. Just little things that are off. And I feel bad for not doing my research. Like a fraud because that's what I am. Still, I put on my smile and nod like I belong here because I'm not going back. I let them do most of the talking and the rest of the night moves on rather smoothly. I can tell that my husky is putting on a show though. There's just something in the way that he talks that lets me know he's getting that much closer to the truth. I need to start doing better. I arrive at Dannon's house with a six-pack of Sunnyvale, and I did my due diligence this time. It's the equivalent of the beer I used to drink, good old Heffa, so I feel a little proud of myself. Game day, I shout as the bear opens the door for me. He gives a wide, toothy smile at my cheeriness and says, Guess you've been excited about this too, haven't you? Dannon leans in, gives me a brush of the whiskers, and I almost pull back. This world's me was a lot more affectionate than I was. I'd have never been so intimate with my friends, but I go along with it and brush whiskers back. It's the high kicks against the Kalataza miners. Of course I'm excited, I lie. I'd much rather be watching Aaron Rodgers throw a laser 30 yards down the field, but the high kick stallion, Blee, seems to be good enough. Football is football, and I'm going to have fun no matter what. Yeah, I guess we could watch some sports after, he says as he leads me in. I laugh, because I think he's joking. Game's about to start in 10, and I'm not really sure what after is. I'm led into the living room, noticing that there are no game day snacks, 
That's a little disheartening. I'd have at least had some chips out if I were hosting a game. Popping my beers on the table, I flop down into the couch and look expectantly at the TV. Dannon seems to know what I'm waiting for, so he takes a seat awfully close to me and grabs the remote. He flicks on the screen, flipping through the channels until he finds what he's looking for. My eyes grow wide, and I cough out, This isn't the game. No, it's certainly not. It's two foxes fucking like mad. Their moans of pleasure are blaring through the speakers, and the slap of one dude's balls is just loud enough to overcome it. Oh, God. Oh, God, yes. The one getting dick screams out as he's beating his cock like it owed him money. The fuck? Before I can finish my thought, there's a thick, wet, ursine tongue deep into my muzzle. It's running up against mine, his lips locked firmly to my face. A paw finds its way into my shirt, claws running through my fur straight to my nipples. I panic and pull back as hard as I can, with my paws pushing against the bear's chest. Holy fuck, dude! I scream out, trying to back into a corner of the couch, but not getting far enough. He barely seems to register my discomfort as he forces another kiss against my lip. Oh, I've missed this. Come here, you sweet little fuck, he mutters out as he gropes against my leg. No, I shout again, and this time I push the bear back with enough force to throw him down onto his own couch. What the fuck is this? The foxes are so loud, I only realize now that he can barely hear me. He grabs the remote with some confusion and hits the pause on the TV. I'd rather he just turn off the damn thing, because now it's stuck on a close-up of the fox's railing. Dannon says with some puzzlement, What we always do when you come over for the game. Or is this part of your condition? He says with a grin, like he knows I've been lying this whole time. Maybe? Yes? I don't want to fuck you if that's what I've been doing, I spit out quickly. Jack, you can drop the act. It's just me. Dannon says, and my heart sinks in my gut. He lets out a low, lusty growl, desire still in his eyes. You joined some sex cold out there in those woods. Got into the real freaky shit, didn't ya? I'm a little disturbed, but mostly relieved he's wrong. You're always trying to hang out with Kenneth nowadays. You fucking him too, little slut, he asks. And it's not malicious. It's twisted. Like I'm supposed to be getting off on the idea of fucking around behind Trey's back. Like I probably did. He's not reading me right at all, and he leans in again to run a claw right up my inner thigh. I hate it, because I know he knows exactly where to touch me. Only my Trey knew that spot. Blood rushes to my groin, and my body betrays me. He doesn't get to touch me like that again. My fist swings wild, knocking him right on the nose. It sent the message home as he completely rolls over to the other side of the couch. Paws are clutching his muzzle, and I could see blood pour between his fingers. He says something like, Fuck my nose! But I can't really make it out when I'm slamming his front door behind me. I stomp towards my car, fists still clenched tightly. I practically scrape up my paint job trying to get the keys in the door. As soon as I get in, I'm out on the street, and it's not until I almost run headfirst into another vehicle that I realize I'm on the wrong side of the road again.
There's a few blocks difference between me and Danon's house before I pull over. Some guilt builds up in my chest for hitting the bear the way I did. He should have stopped when I told him to, but I wasn't as angry at him as I was myself. This other me. How did he not know how special Trey was? How could another me have taken his husky for granted like that? He couldn't have understood the lengths that have gone to get back to Trey. A bad thought crosses my mind. Glad this Trey went missing. It's not good. I don't think anyone deserves to die. I want to go home, but I can't. It would look too suspicious, and I got the jitters anyways. I'm such an awful liar. I have no idea how Trey hasn't found out already. My first thought is to go to a bar and watch the game there, but football is kind of ruined for me at the moment. Then I remember Kenneth, my actual friend. The elk agrees to see Wildstar with me. I'm glad that we could just sit in the cool movie theater. It gives me time to collect myself. The explosions distract me, and by the time we walk out, I'm feeling a little better. Kenneth points at a shop, some chain called Blue Tops. It's sort of like Starbucks where I'm from, but everyone drinks hot cider instead of coffee around here. I think it's gross, but I do want to chat with him, so I agree. How was the football game? Kenneth asks casually, and it's a little bit of a surprise to me. Oh, uh, I didn't end up watching it, I say. And I guess with us not being friends in this universe, he wasn't interested in football, else he would have known that. Maybe I should have asked my Kenneth if he ever really liked watching the games with me. He cocks an eyebrow and asks, Did something happen with you and Danon? There's a lump in my throat. I want to tell him everything, the way I'd tell my Kenneth. But he's not him, and I don't want to dump everything on this guy. I don't think I want to hang out with him anymore, I admit. And that was mostly the truth. He nods, pulling up his cider to his muzzle and taking a sip. There's a little bit of an awkward silence, so I blurt out, How's things with Trish? The elk snorts, the steam coming off his drink blowing all over the place. We split up. She had too many issues with my rack, and truthfully, I wasn't a big fan of hers either, he said, waving his hooves in circles. I laugh, same old Kenneth always on the hunt for something better. As I finish, I take a big sip of my cinnamon apple cider and try my best not to wrinkle my nose. I don't know how they do it here, but they replace ketchup with buffalo sauce, so I guess it's kind of a fair trade. His brow goes up, but his smile doesn't fade. You say that like we know each other. This is the most I've seen you in years, he states, though it's not a challenge. Why did we never hang out? You're awesome, I say, because I'm not really sure what happened in this universe. He scratches his chin with his hoof, looking at me shyly. I guess I never was your type. Your friends usually seem a little bit more your speed, he says carefully, skirting around the issue, and it finally clicks with me. I wasn't... This Jack wasn't friends with someone unless they were sleeping together. And it was a dirty secret that everyone knew. Man, I was such a loser in this world because Kenneth is the best. Well, I guess I'm a loser in my own world too, 
because I let my Kenneth go as well. That wasn't going to happen again. I lean over and say with a smile, I'd like us to spend time together more. You watch football? Coming home, I'm feeling a lot better. Kenneth agrees to come over next Sunday so I could teach him about the game. I also make a note to pick up some movies to watch together, because this Kenneth seems to enjoy doing that. No fox is fucking on the TV this time. I open up the door to my house and hear Trey call me from the basement. I get to the top of the stairs and knock on the open door. You down here, babe? I ask, slowly descending the steps. Yeah, come down here. I want to show you something, he says back, and I can hear him fiddling with things. It's dimly lit, and I can barely see him in a corner with some bikes on the rack. What are you up to, hun? He doesn't turn around as he continues messing with the bikes. Just looking at some old pictures of us at Cinderland. We look so goofy in the photos. You remember that? He asks chipperly. Ugh, another thing different. I know Cinderland well enough from the ads to know it's Disneyland, and I hate that place. Not only was this me a cheating bastard, but he's also one of those Disney nuts. I'd never willingly go to that shithole. I roll my eyes and put on my best smile. Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. Can't wait to go back, I say, and it's hard for me to keep that same cheery tone. What was in the desk, he says, but his voice sounds a little different. I turn to the desk, and it's not my father's cherry wood, but a blocky metal workstation. I pull open the long drawer handle and freeze as I see nothing inside at all. I turn to face the husky and say, Um, hun, there isn't any... Oh. Well, this is different. My tray didn't own a gun. But now this tray was pointing one right at me, paws shaking. Tears are running down the side of his face, and his muzzle is twisted in an angry frown. Hun? Don't you fucking hun me. I don't know who you are, but my Jack would never go to Cinderland. My Jack hates that place, but you wouldn't know that because you're not him. He says, legs spread like he's bracing himself for the gun to go off at any point. My heart's pounding, and I slowly raise my paws over my head. He's shaking so bad, it's just as likely he's going to shoot me on accident as much as he is on purpose. Not going to lie, the little wee comes out. My condition. Stop it, he barks, thrusting his pistol forward. Stop lying. You're so fucking bad at it and I'm done lying for you. He's been taken way past the edge, and it's killing me to see him so distressed. I should have known he could see right through me. My tray always could, and it was wrong of me to expect any different. It's not what you think, I start, my heart breaking as I'm forced to admit the truth. But I'm not your Jack. I knew it. I knew it from the start that you weren't him. You just lied to me and took advantage of me, he says, fangs sinking so hard into his lip that he's drawing blood. Who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you? Are you some fur walker? Some sort of demon? I gulp loudly and try to explain all at once. I'm Jack, but I'm not from here, uh, which gave me directions to this cave where I... I swear to God, Trace says and grips his pistol tighter. My muzzle cracks. 
I can't hold anything back because I don't want to say it. I don't want to relive it. The lengths I've gone to escape that hell. I don't want to say it, but he deserves the truth. And so I shout through a sob, It was you! His maw opens, and there's a look of complete puzzlement on his muzzle. He's about to speak, but I snort up snot and explain, Where I came from? You went on that camping trip seven months ago. Not me. And when you left, you just... I choked down mucus building up in my throat. You just vanished. I spent months in those woods looking for you. Every time the rangers went out, I was there. All the money we saved was spent on private expeditions when everyone else just gave up. I stopped eating. I stopped sleeping. I stopped talking. People couldn't even stand to look at me anymore. I got so desperate, I started going to psychics and paranormal shit for help. Anything just to have you back. I fall into the workbench and drag the back of my paw over my eyes. He's barely visible through my tears. I can tell he's still got the pistol out, but it's pointed slightly downward. There's a small sniffling as he tries to work out everything I've just said. He shakes his head back and forth before he says, It scares me like nothing else. Since you've been back here, you've told me nothing but lies. I brace myself, thinking it might be it for me. But he finishes, You're such an awful liar. But I think for the first time you're telling me the truth. Or whatever you think the truth is. I let out a small sigh of relief and hold out my paw towards him. I'm sorry I lied, but I'm telling you the truth now, and truthfully, I want you to put down the gun so we could just talk about this. Trey looks down at the pistol like he hadn't realized he'd whipped one out on me. He scoffs, rolls his eyes, and then tosses it in my direction. I panic, floundering as it goes sailing through the air. I cup out both paws, bracing myself for it to go off and take a finger with it. It clanks softly against my paw pads, lighter than I expected it to be. Only when I feel the slosh of water do I realize that it's not a real gun. In fact, looking at it closely, it's pretty obvious it's a squirt toy. I look up at him and he takes a step back, ears red hot with embarrassment. The husky's lip is quivering as he whispers, I'm sorry, I just wanted the truth. I set the squirt gun behind me, but I'm a little afraid to approach Trey. His muzzle is to the ground, like he did something wrong. I mean, it wasn't very nice that he pointed a gun at me, but I guess I kind of had it coming. Sorry for lying. I thought if I stayed here long enough, you'd never notice, I admit. He rubs his eyes, letting out a pitiful laugh. You've always been a bad liar. <laughs> He was always a bad liar, too. About Dannon, the other guys, football and all that. My ears go up, and I feel some collateral guilt from what he just said. You knew? He was cheating on you? And you stayed with him anyways? His legs wobble before he can't even hold himself up anymore. He takes a weary step back, thumping against the wall and slowly sliding down it. When he's on the floor with his head between his knees, he says, 
I knew. You used to... He used to think he was so sly, but I always knew. He wouldn't even know the scores of the game when he was out watching football. But I stayed casloosing you. Him? He pauses to look up at me, and I feel connected with him in an awful way. The way that I never stopped looking in those damn woods. I gave up my friends, my life, my family just for the sheer hope of seeing him one last time. What we shared was the inability to let go, and I see it in his eyes like he sees it in mine. I guess it doesn't matter anymore, he starts, waving a paw lazily around. I lost him anyways, and he's never coming back. It's the words he needs to say just as much as the words I need to hear. Because truthfully, my tray is gone too. My tray is never coming back. For the first time ever, I have to accept that. So I walk over, pick a spot close, and get down on the ground to grieve with him. It feels like we stay there in silence for hours. Maybe it is, because there's a million things for me to think of doing next. I could possibly just go back and find that cave again, repair things with Kenneth, make things right in my world. Not everyone gets a second chance like this. So instead, I say, I don't know what happened to your Jack, and I don't know what happened to my tray. They just disappeared, and I don't think they're coming back, I say, then lift my head and turn towards him. He's done the same and our noses are just a few inches from each other. He's not crying anymore, though his eyes are red. But what I do know is that you're the only tray I have left, and I think I might be the last of me that exists. So how about this? I gulp and hold out a paw towards him. Hi, I'm Jack, and I'm not from this world. He laughs, because it does sound a little goofy. I could always make my tray laugh unintentionally, and it gives me a little bit of confidence knowing I could do that with this one too. He doesn't take my paw yet, so I continue. I like buffalo wild wings, though I still have no idea what you call it here. I hate Cinderland, but we call it Disneyland where I'm from. Kenneth was my best friend, and I didn't hang out with anyone named Dannon. I actually watched football when I said that's what I was doing. I wasn't perfect. But not once did I ever cheat on my tray. And I promise I would never cheat on you either, I say. And it starts to make my eyes water, thinking about the things this tray has gone through. He looks at my paw, thinking about it for a minute, before his eyes turn up to mine in a stern look. No more lies? It's a big promise to keep, but I've gone too far to turn back now. I nod and repeat, no more lies. With a sigh, he reaches out and clasps my paw. Hi, Jack. It's nice to meet you. My name is Trey. Welcome to my world. This was Hi, I'm Jack, and I'm not from this world by Dirt Coyote. Read for you by the author himself. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.